The Economic Pie and Essay on the Theory of Sharing Economics is about sharing. Economic textbooks elaborate on this by explaining in more detail that economics is about unlimited wants chasing scarce goods. This more developed explanation helps us understand why economics is all about the theory of sharing. If society was buried under a surplus of goods and there was more stuff than anyone could ever use, sharing would be satisfied by everyone taking as much of what they wanted. This is not to be, and so we have to figure out how to share what is available between all those who exist. Geography solves some of the problem because access usually requires geographical proximity. The size of the world and the cost of transportation usually means sharing is a local problem. But the community must decide how it will allocate the goods and services produced. There are, however, only two ways to share. The way of nature is to permit physical power decide. The strongest and most ruthless get what they want. The remainder is divided up according to one's position in the hierarchy. Darwin called the natural order of things the survival of the fittest. The fittest being those who survive the competition. The natural world uses speed, muscular strength, canines, and claws to share. Some cooperation happens but the cooperation was mostly forced. The leader forced his followers to cooperate. Mankind still uses the natural option, but he has innovated the use of force. Weapons make physical abilities less important than technology. The use of money and position in a hierarchy also complicates the raw use of power. But not much changed. Those with money in higher office get more. Those without money or position get less. We are so productive, however, the greed of the rich and powerful does not prevent most people from getting enough to survive. Man is territorial. By claiming land and the resources man can exercise dominion over the herd quartered on his land. Territoriality is carried over into business. The business owner is the dominant individual. The owner of the business determines how the resources under his control are shared. This territoriality and power of the dominant is seen in government. The government operates as the owner of the nation. The power is vested more in the office than the person. In some species the male acquires status from the territory he occupies. The state exists to allocate the resources of the state. The power of the state substitutes for individual power and eliminates the need for individual competition over land and females. Animals do not have similar models of dominance. The existence of a state would be the kill shared according to the rules set out by the dominant male. Governments do not care who baked the pie. Everything in the state belongs to the state. It shares what is in the state according to the rules laid out by the state. These rules are not immutable and rest solely on the power of the state to enforce them. This is why the state monopolizes power. 
It is the power of the state that permits it to determine how the wealth of the state will be allocated. Reason supposes, however, that the state will generally promote a theory of sharing that will give it the objectives it is after with the least opposition. Sharing can be done in nature, individually, or as a pack. Individual ability to compete is tested against a pack's ability to work together for mutual benefit. Neither option is absolute. Capitalism veers more towards individual initiative whilst communism favors the pack animal option. Nature decrees what is right is what is done. Doing defines legitimacy. The act that escapes punishment is an act legitimized. Nature decrees might makes right and the end justifies the means. The only wrong act is the act that fails. The only mistake is the unaccomplished effort. Monarchy is legitimized by the wearing of the crown. Life and death is natural law in its raw state. There is only one alternative to the natural system. This is conservatism. Conservatism relies on cash. Some writers refer to the conservative system as a free market, but they are not synonymous. The modern idea of cash is not what is being referred to here. It is convenient if we look at money and currency as two distinct accounting tools. The key feature with cash is that it contains no debt or liability portion. Currency does have a debt component. The prevalence of debt is noticeable with bank and fiat accounting. Bank money is created when it is lent out as interest-bearing debt. The creation of debt is the creation of bank money. The odd thing is that if all bank money was paid back, no money would remain in the economy. In fact, the economy would be in a default or negative state. There is never enough money in the economy to repay the bank's principal plus interest. One may borrow $100, but with interest, one must repay $110. If you and a friend were on an island and you borrowed $100 from him, and he wanted $110 in return, where would you find the other $10? When the $10 was due, you would need to borrow it at interest to pay it back but you would still owe the interest on the 10 you borrowed. Fiat money supplied by the state is slightly different, but still debt. The state borrows the money it creates from the economy. If the market produced $1,000 worth of goods and the state printed out $1,000, the market would sell its output to the state. The market would have $1,000 and the state would have the goods produced. Technically the state owes the market real goods. Technically the state ought to produce goods and services to sell to the market. Then the currency in the hands of the producers could be spent however, the state cannot produce anything. Therefore, all money created by the state is an unrecoverable debt owed to the economy. Economists understand currency but not truly money. They know how to create currency, but not how to create money that has no debt component. It might be accurate to say economists understand currency, but not money, because they do not understand how to create real cash. 
The conception of economists relies on the existence of an organization with the authority to create debt. This reliance on debt is less obvious when an asset with added value is used as a currency, such as gold, shells, or cigarettes. The use of gold as currency makes it seem as if we are engaged in a form of barter. When gold is used as a medium of exchange, for example, it appears as if a product is exchanged for gold, which is also a product. But anyone who has used any of these kinds of assets know it is more complicated than barter. It was because of the use of specie as money that the phrase, let money work for you, was born. Do we as a society want money to work for us? What can money produce? Money can produce debt and nothing else. Gold used as currency does not stop gold from being an asset. When an asset is used as a currency it acquires additional value. Gold used as a currency has a commodity value and a currency value, each complement and accentuates the other. The supply of gold as money reduces the supply of gold as a commodity and vice versa. The more commodity gold the less currency available. But if the gold coin has a face value of $5 and a bullion value of $10, people will melt the coins and use the bullion. If this happens no one will spend their coins and the economy will have no currency. What this means is that if one has coins that are worth more as scrap than as coins the smart thing to do is to hoard them and watch their value inflate. This is what it means to have one's money work for them. There are various ways to make money work, but all come down to seeing money as an asset and not as a unit of account. One invests and then does nothing while scarcity of supply and increased demand drives the value of the investment up. Scarcity and unmet demand is good for investors, but does not add value to the market. Values are inflated when demand outstrips supply. This is different from value added which happens when new value is added to existing assets through work. It is less easy to see the problem when assets are used as currency, but paper, fiat currency and assets turned into currency are all forms of debt. As we have mentioned, cash contains no debt. When assets are used as currency it seems as if one is bartering one commodity for another, as in eggs for gold. But coins are not real money, and they are not a true product. Gold coins are a manufactured product with value added to the raw commodity, but they are also a commodity. Turning a commodity into money socializes the demand-slash-supply equation. More importantly we have turned money into a commodity and made it subject to the supply-slash-demand equation. If we used cigarettes as a currency and some heavy smokers smoked off the available cigarettes, what does this do to the economy and to the price of cigarettes? But how do we establish the value of a cigarette? A currency ought to be nothing more than a unit of account, a way to record changes in value. We have said assets cannot be owned by man. When we mine gold, we add value to the mine gold. This value is not the gold. The value is the availability we produce through our work. 
Our work has value because it reduces work for others. We deserve to be paid because others can do something else. They do not have to do what we have done. We call this value that has been added to assets equity. We earn or create equity by work that reduces work for others. All work creates equity, and all work ought to be paid for. All work reduces the need for the community to work. Value added is work reduced. Equity is a community value. This value is owed to us by the community that has had its need to work reduced. Work is the only real source of money because equity is the only real source of value. If we imagine the community as an economy and equity as value having been created for the community, then equity is issued as preferred shares. The community increases its value by work done on its assets. This added value is issued in the form of preferred shares drawn on the account of the community and issued to the individual who did the work. Preferred shares are the only true form of money. Preferred shares can be contracted to preferers and designated by the symbol. If the community is a market, then the market is coexistent with the political jurisdiction governed by its citizens. The citizens of a jurisdiction are its shareholders. Ownership can be recognized formally or informally. The political jurisdiction can be operated as a trust. Regardless of how the political jurisdiction is organized, the people who live in a community own the community. Citizens own their political jurisdiction not because the community is its physical geography, but because the community is the value added to the assets of a place. Canada, for example, is not a geographical entity, but an economic jurisdiction, a market. The provinces and towns and municipalities of Canada are political jurisdictions owned by the residents and citizens of the place. The assets in each jurisdiction are held in trust by the citizens. One is not a citizen due to residency, but because one adds value to the trust. A citizen is a property owner or a creator of value in a specific political jurisdiction held in trust by the people of a place. Creating value creates community. The economic pie is the community. All citizens own a share of the community trust. Each citizen works to add value and is paid for the work done. Pay rates are established by the trust. The trust pays a living wage and pays all citizens for all work done that adds value to the trust. Citizenship is defined by the account he or she has with the community exchange. The community exchange is a trust that owns the commercial property in trust. A citizen has access to assets specific to his or her speciality. This creates equity. Each citizen works to add value to the assets specific to his or her skill set. Pay is issued as preferred shares per hour. Pay is defined by the trust and constitutes a living wage. The living wage might be set at 17.00 or 17 preferred shares per hour worked. Adjustments in pay scales are made when and where necessary. 
The economy is divided into sectors, each sector represents a particular type of work, for example there is the transportation sector and the educational sector. The transportation sector moves the students and teachers and the materials they use, and the educational sector teaches the children of the workers in the transportation sector. Each worker owns the equity they produce. Thus, the economic pie is shared based on the equity each person creates. There are no social costs because social goods are produced by those who work in that sector. The work done is paid for by the Community Exchange Trust. There is no need for the state or the public sector. The economic sectors of the trust provide all needed social goods. Taxes are not needed. If a road is needed or a school, they are built by the trust for the trust. Workers in the construction sector construct social goods and anything else the trust needs. The workers are paid for the work they do by the trust, regardless of what they build, it is always built for the trust and paid for by the trust. Thus, there is equity, not equality. The economic pie is always shared fairly according to the needs of individuals. There are no parasites or agenda-driven programs.